Hello, this is Rania from Philadelphia, and I would never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This 248th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, really ready to get the show on the road so she can get to school, the lovely and talented and scholarly Brittany Page. Well, hello there. How are you? Other than stressed out. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah? You, yeah. you calmed down from your recent, the rant you went on? Earlier while watching TV commercials, uh, they're kind of your oh. outlet. They're 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 they've become your outlet for getting shit off your chest. Well, see, I go on so many rants right. that I couldn't <laughs> understand what you were talking about, but now I am remembering what you're talking about. Brittany takes issue with commercials and their spokespeople. Well. Celebrity, right? right? Celebrities trying to sell me head and shoulders. Sofia Vergara does not use head and shoulders. She's not on the way home and says, hey, Joe, we need to stop at the CVS <laughs> because I need to pick up some head and shoulders before we get home. <laughs> right, right. No, that doesn't happen. She goes to some salon and they get her the best products, the most expensive products to wash that beautiful, beautiful mane of hers. Well, it's not even the shampoo, though, because and the gentlemen in the audience will maybe not appreciate the education. But I didn't know when I see commercials for makeup. I don't know. I don't know what's good. I don't know what's bad. But apparently like L'Oreal or L'Oreal is shit makeup. Well, it's not shit makeup. It's just that it's like drugstore makeup. Jennifer Aniston's not using L'Oreal. No, there's no way <laughs> that Jennifer Aniston is going to CVS again. Sorry, CVS. And buying Maybelline or something. Yeah, that, that's the other one. Maybelline. That's not what Maybe they... Maybe it's Maybelline. It's almost <laughs> insulting that they try to sell this. And same with the, the, the hair color out of the box. Yeah. Eva Longoria does not color her hair by herself out of a box she goes to a salon in beverly hills and pays a lot of money (laughs) to get her hair done do you see everybody this is the the this is not actually even a glimpse into how fired up britney gets you 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 were standing up acting out as though you were sofia vergara walking into the cvs (laughs) um (laughs) that might have happened it was pretty good acting as well yeah, but real good. it's frustrating because it's almost insulting. Like, uh, and like you were saying, men don't really get it. They don't know about the brands, whatever. But people who use these brands know that these very wealthy celebrities are not using these products. They have the money to buy the best products, and that's what they use. So it's insulting that they're telling us, right? Look how beautiful I am. I use this. No, you don't. Well, there are celebrity endorsements. 
that ring true because you know that 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 uh, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> what does he advertise? Heartburn medicine. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That guy absolutely uses Tagamant HB or whatever it is for heartburn because you know his diet is less than optimum. Yeah. That, that's... A lot of chicken wings, a lot of barbecue, probably a lot of potato chips. A lot of tasty snacks, in right. other words. A lot of needing heartburn medicine diet. <laughs> wow, that really landed flat. Oh, geez. <laughs> So anyway, here we are. I do want to remind everybody before we get started, for all of our Patreon and PayPal supporters, we're having uh, two different Google Hangout sessions um, over the course of the next couple days. Tomorrow evening, Friday evening at 8.30 Pacific time, Los Angeles time, we'll be doing one. And I'll send out the, the, the link and then whoever joins, joins. And then on Saturday at, I believe, 12 or 12.30, right around there, we're doing another one, and the same thing. I'll email out the codes to those people who didn't join us on the first call. So um, we appreciate your support, and we just want to start having that be a regular thing. So anyway, let's, let's just get, let's get moving on with the show. We did receive a whole bunch of, of, of calls about the debate and about the debate episode, and we're going to move forward. We're going to talk a little bit about the debate. We're not going to go into full analysis detail mode because we did that in the bonus episode brought to you by PayPal and Patreon supporters. But we did we did receive uh, a text message uh, that we're going to read, or Brittany will read, about the debate. You may hate Hillary, Jesse, but you have to admit she did well against Trump on tonight's debate. She was cool and confident. Trump consistently interrupted her and the moderator and spouted off lies and generally made it sound like he was an, embod an embodiment of perfection. I love your show, but Brittany is and always will be the best part of the show. Sharif from Virginia. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I'm going to have to start just laying down the bans on everybody. You're banned from the show. No longer allowed to listen to the show. And I'll know if you're listening, and I will take action. He, so he won't know. Banned, banned from the There's show. There's no way to know. With that loving, supportive text message from Sharif, <laughs> let's just move straight in to the guts of the program. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, as Sharif lovingly in informed the audience, the debate did happen. We did give our analysis, like I said, on the bonus program. So if you want to go listen to that, there's extensive clips. We have a few here. We're going to talk about um, some of the things that we didn't know when we did the bonus episode, because we did it the evening of the debate, and all kinds of stuff has come to pass. After the debate, directly after the debate, Donald Trump took to the spin room, which is completely unprecedented for the candidate in a general election debate, to walk through the spin room, although he did it quickly, and give his particular sp spin, that's why it's called the spin room, on what just took place. 
But when asked about how he thought Lester Holt did, he he gave a, a pretty positive response. Mr. Trump has been tweeting all morning long about how he won this debate. You heard him say that Lester Holt didn't ask Hillary Clinton tough questions, but posed tough questions to him. But I must point out that's not what Mr. Trump said last night to CNN's Dylan Byers. Let's listen. I thought Lester did a great job. Okay. I thought, honestly, I thought he did a great job. You thought the questions were fair? Yeah, I thought it was great. So you can hear there, in classic Donald Trump style, he's giving a different answer now than he gave the evening of the debate. He sat with Bill O'Reilly, and when asked and threw out some back and forth about how Lester Holt did, he was asked to give him a grade. And this is that exchange. Continuing now, Donald Trump joins us from Wisconsin, where he's about to go on stage for a big rally. Now, I'm asking you to grade Lester Holt, the debate moderator. A is best, F is worst, you say? Well, you know, when I first did it, I thought he was fine. I wasn't thinking about it. But when I reviewed it and when I saw all the commentary, because a lot of people thought he was terrible, and I looked at all of the commentary, uh, I realized he was much, much tougher on me than he was on Hillary. It was like a day and night. I thought he was okay. I mean, look, I said good things right after the show. But after reviewing it and after seeing the way he, you know, badgered and, and even the questions I got, the first half of the show was great. And then he started, you know, he hits me with the birther question, of course, and he uh, likes to correct things that where I happened to be right, like we talked about stop and frisk, and he was 100% wrong. But in the meantime, I had to go and prove the point, and it turned out that I was right. Uh, you know, I think that, to be honest with you, I think that he was fine, but I, th- I would also say... In reviewing it, I was disappointed. And right, a, Hillary, a, Clinton B, with the gold, C, Hillary Clinton with the gold standard. Yeah, Hillary Clinton on the gold standard. He didn't go after her. All right, even give me a grade. She was wrong. A C. A C. C. Okay. So this is the complete opposite of how you would assume this would go, right? Because if he really felt like there wasn't fair treatment, he would feel strongest about that treatment immediately after receiving that treatment. That's right, right after it happened, because it's fresh in your memory. Right, you wouldn't have to review the commentary. In other words, review what other people have said about the debate in order to inform your opinion of how you were treated in the moment. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Reviewing the commentary for Donald Trump means reading tweets. To right. see what his Pepe cartoon posting alt-right racist supporters, how they feel about it. Right. <laughs> so, and then he's like, oh, he hit me with the birther question. He, he liked to correct things. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a debate. And <laughs> right. you've said a lot of stupid shit, so it's going to be brought into the debate. And it's, it's completely fair game. It wouldn't be fair for it not to be talked about. I mean, he phrased it, hit me with the birther question. Well, that is a pretty prominent issue, and you you just tried to clear that up before the debate. Right. Probably so you wouldn't be asked about it. I guess that didn't work out. <laughs> Overall, Lester Holt, I don't know if I'd give him a C, eh, C plus or B minus maybe. He didn't do a great job, but uh, he, he certainly was, I think, fair to both of them. Well, and there's been people that have said, uh, not people that have said, there's a meme that's circulating that says Lester Holt interrupted Donald Trump far more than he interrupted Hillary Clinton and asked far more follow-up questions of Hillary Clinton than of Donald Trump. 
And I just want to read a response that Donald Trump gave to a question yeah. to kind of indicate why it might have been necessary to ask more follow-up questions of this human being. Yeah. The truth is, under President Obama, we've lost control of things that we used to have control over. We wait, came- wait, wait. We lost control over things that we used to have control over. Yeah. Okay. We Redundant, came- but go ahead. We came in with an internet... We came up with the internet. and Are the, He said those two separate things? Yeah, we came in with an internet. We came up with the internet. Oh, and this is all in... I'm interrupting, but this is all one, one paragraph that yeah, he said yeah. in a row. And I think Secretary Clinton and myself would agree very much when you look at what ISIS is doing with the internet. They're beating us at our own game, ISIS. So we have to do... So we have to get very, very tough on cyber. I have a son. He's 10 years old. He has computers. He's so good with these computers. It's unbelievable. The security aspect of cyber is very, very tough. And maybe it's hardly doable. But I will say, we are not doing the job we should be doing. But that's true throughout our whole governmental society. Now... I, I don't... What What does his son, Baron have to do with being good at computers? What does that have to do with with us being beaten at our own game and being how cyber, whatever the fuck that means, is important. Well, listen, we came in with an internet and we came up with the internet. <laughs> oh, so oh, well, now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, we came in with it and we came up with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's all you had to say. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump is getting a bad rap. <laughs> he had- really is a pretty clear, clear speaking individual. He's had almost 70 years communicating on earth and an ivy league education and this is what comes out of his mouth do you deny that we came in with the internet Brittany? <laughs> Brittany, do you deny we came in with the internet uh you know and did we uh, not come up with the internet all that's true i how dare you i don't understand how dare you question yeah the republican nominee for president of the united states donald trump uh. <laughs> Ugh. Well, there was an exchange during the debate where Hillary Clinton did get the best of Donald Well, there were several, but there was one in particular that was about Donald Trump not paying any taxes, income taxes, in a couple of different years, to which he responded, that makes me smart. Leasing it when you're under audit. So you've got to ask yourself, why won't he release his tax returns? And I think there may be a couple of reasons. First... Maybe he's not as rich as he says he is. Second, maybe he's not as charitable as he claims to be. Third, we don't know all of his business dealings, but we have been told through investigative reporting that he owes about $650 million to Wall Street and foreign banks. Or maybe he doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes because the only years that anybody's ever seen were a couple of years when he had to turn them over to state authorities when he was trying to get a casino license and they showed he didn't pay any federal income tax. So that makes if me he's smart. paid zero, that means zero. That makes me smart, he says. Not paying any income taxes when he claims to be worth over $10 billion. Not paying federal income taxes, which in turn support the veterans, support all of these different things that he wants to do while president, having not actually chipped in. 
Well, fewer than 60 minutes later, not even an hour later, when asked about not paying taxes and saying it makes him smart, he denied it. And my question for you is, first of all, it sounds like you admitted that you hadn't paid federal taxes and that that was smart. Is that what you meant to say? No, I didn't say that at all. I mean, if they say I didn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. I will say this. I hate the way our government spends our taxes because they are wasting our money. They don't know what they're doing. They're running it so poorly, whether it's spent in Iraq or wherever they're spending it, they are wasting our money. So I do hate the way our government. No, I didn't say that at all. And the bizarre thing about this is when you do watch on Twitter and you do watch his supporters on Facebook, they back him up on this. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I, I, I. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it's just the the heat of the moment that he gets so riled up in the heat of the moment that he just says what he's feeling and thinking right then and then kind of does a self-preservation thing where right. he can't admit to himself that he actually <laughs> uh, allowed his emotions to get the best of him yeah. and said something stupid. So he just denies, denies, denies. Well, it's just become part and parcel for the campaign now. It's just... The way it is. People just expect it. Apparently. So, what you just said about him getting riled up, though, it kind of leads me to the next set of clips, which is when at the end of the debate, it went by with him not saying anything about the indiscretions of Bill Clinton. And then when in the, the spin room, he was glad handing himself and giving himself a bunch of credit for having not brought it up. Because uh, of having um, deep emotion or concern for Chelsea Clinton, who was sitting in the room. Any regrets tonight? No, I'm very glad that I didn't mention because Chelsea was in the room. uh, Indiscretions by Bill. I didn't think it would be appropriate to do, even though she's taken all these ads. I thought I thought we did very well. So. They made their way through the spin room relatively quickly which left their surrogates in the room to take up the case and the cause of Donald Trump. Well, Rudy Giuliani, who I seriously question the mental wherewithal of this man anymore. Something's going on with him. I I mean, really, I have no evidence. I'm not a doctor. But he seems to be off his fucking rocker. Or he just finally feels comfortable showing everyone who he truly is. Maybe that's it. Because in the absence of Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani went on a a few minutes of a tirade about how he's proud of Donald Trump for having not done it because he didn't stoop to that level. And he showed that he's responsible enough to be president by not attacking Hillary Clinton on the behavior of Bill Clinton, but then goes on a, it is bizarre. I don't think she got under his skin at all. In fact, he displayed remarkable restraint, which you and the media will never give him, when he didn't attack her as I would have when she made that horrible comment about women. Now, who, who was the bigger atta- attacker, who was the biggest attacker of women in the last 20 which years? Which comment are you talking about? The comment about women. Hillary Clinton was an enabler, and an attacker for her husband against her. You think Well, I would have mentioned it. He was t- remarkably restrained, and he told me he did it because of Chelsea Clinton. But the- he didn't want to say it. Mrs. Clinton, by- Mrs. Clinton supported Bill Clinton 
in disgracing the office of the President of the United States. He had sex with an intern in the White House, which would get any executive in America fired, and she attacked that intern for six straight months. But, but overall, wasn't it, the, wasn't it a fair debate overall? I believe Donald Trump won the debate, but more importantly, I think Hillary Clinton lost the debate because she displayed, to me, as big an ignorance of economics as she has of foreign policy. Why, why, why was he restrained because of Chelsea Clinton? Because, because he was being a gentleman. Because of Chelsea, because anyone heard Chelsea, he was Clinton. being a gentleman, which I would not have been after what she said about me. You expect something different. Hillary, Hillary Clinton is a phony with regard to calling herself a feminist. She has stood by Bill Clinton as he has attacked, taken advantage of women, including interns. She's called them names. She's made suggestions that they're insane. She's virtually ruined their lives until they produce dresses with his semen on it. She takes money from countries that stone women. She takes money from countries that don't allow women to drive. She takes millions and hundreds of millions of dollars from countries, both in the Clinton Foundation and speaking fees, who treat women like chattel. And then she pretends to be a defender of women. Here's what Hillary Clinton is. Hillary Clinton is a political phony. Are you, you happy? Are you happy about? I am very happy that Donald Trump displayed to the American people that he has the temperament to be president of the United States, including well, the restraint not to say something that might be hurtful to her daughter. So, according to Rudy Giuliani, part of being uh, having the temperament to be president of the United States is showing the restraint to not bring up the the past dalliances. Of Bill Clinton. So if Donald Trump does resort to that, by Rudy Giuliani's own logic, he will not have the temperament to be president. Listen, I don't necessarily disagree with the things that Rudy, Giul- Rudy Giuliani said there. Hillary Clinton does take millions of dollars from the Saudi government who don't allow women to drive who don't allow women to use the same entrance to a shopping mall as men, who don't allow women to do anything that their guardian, their male guardian does not allow. They can't travel. They can't have a job. It's terrible. Just a can't judge, you know. (laughs) Right, right. So I don't necessarily disagree with former mayor Rudy Giuliani, about that, but for his defense of Donald Trump is just wackadoo. Well, something disturbing to me is it isn't just attacking Hillary Clinton for her treatment of women. It's I'm going to talk about how Bill Clinton had sex with Monica Lewinsky. I'm going to talk about the semen stain. It's more trying to embarrass her than it is bring a, a legitimate charge of not being supportive of women. Yeah. Yeah. Because there there could be a way to do that without getting into all these specifics. Sure. And also every time this is brought up, Monica Lewinsky suffers, I'm sure, getting tweets from oh, people. Yeah, of um still, even though this was twenty years ago. Um is she ever allowed to move on, Monica Lewinsky? Right. Is she ever allowed to, 
you know, 20 years ago, put this behind her. You should ask Rudy Giuliani. He's her biggest supporter, you know. I mean, <laughs> he's standing on a street talking about the semen stain on the dress. Right. I, I understand. I'm not defending Bill Clinton. Not a fan. But it's just weird. I keep seeing this meme. Why does the media ask Ivanka Trump about how she feels about Donald Trump's treatment of women, but the media doesn't ask Chelsea Clinton about her dad's treatment of women? It's like, well, one, Chelsea Clinton never is interviewed by the media. And also, Bill Clinton's not running for office. Right. And also, Donald Trump says horrible things about women on a regular basis. So they just say, hey, yesterday you said this horrible thing. I'm going to ask you about it. Well, it's, it's just weird that Donald Trump's now bringing this all up. And talking about it as though he's some advocate. Because let's let's look back. Let's listen. To in 2008, he was talking to Blitz over at CNN. And when he was asked about this, let, let's see what Donald Trump thought about the Clinton scandal from his own stupid mouth. Look at the trouble Bill Clinton got into with something that was totally unimportant. And they tried to impeach him, which was nonsense. And yet Bush got us into this horrible war with lies, by lying, by saying they had weapons of mass destruction, by saying all sorts of things that turned out not to be true. So apparently, <laughs> it was nonsense. Yeah, totally unimportant things. Unimportant. But Look now it's super. Bill Clinton got into with something that was totally unimportant. And they tried to impeach him, which was nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> now it's the most important. Oh, yeah. So important he can hardly That's right. refrain from it talking about it. intense restraint and discipline on the part of Donald Trump to not bring up this very important topic during a general election debate. Ugh. Well, the other thing that went down during the debate that was kind of funny... And really, uh, it is just funny. It, it, I mean, it's a little sad, as is everything with Donald Trump. But he was challenged on when or if he actually did oppose the war in Iraq. And rather than just lean on his record, because he can't do that, because he did support the war in Iraq when he had a conversation with Howard Stern about it, he went into this weird diatribe where he kept talking about Sean Hannity over and over and over, uh, he must have mentioned his name 10 times. Mr. Trump, you, with a lot of these are judgment questions. You had supported the war in Iraq before the invasion. What makes your judgment? I did not what, support what, the in war two, in Iraq. 2002. That is a mainstream media nonsense put out by her because she... That is a mainstream media nonsense. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> very clear. Frankly, I think the best person in her campaign is mainstream media. My question Just, is, since you, you, would you like to hear? Him, why is your I was why against is your the war. Wait a minute. I was against the war in Iraq. Just so you put it out. The record shows I, otherwise. The record but why does is, not show why that. Why was you, is your the judgment? The record any... shows that I'm right. When I did an interview. So this is an instance that that I'm sure that meme is counting. Look at how many times he interrupted him. Just there. Right. That was three or four times of Lester Holt talking over Donald Trump. Right. Why was he doing that? Because Donald Trump isn't staying on topic. He's not answering the question. Right. He's trying to, to go into self-preservation mode. Wait a minute. You're saying something inaccurate. I'm going to spend a bunch of time making sure that people know 
uh, the lie really well. Well, I also would like to know those particular numbers and how they track interruptions because it seemed to me a lot of the time Donald Trump, the 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 beginning of Donald Trump's sentence was being interrupted by the middle of Lester Holt's sentence. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's like Lester Holt is talking. And then Donald Trump starts talking and Lester Holt continues to talk. That's not an interruption on Lester Holt's part. Come on. Yeah. Interview with Howard Stern, very lightly, first time anyone's asked me that, I said, very lightly, I don't know, maybe, who knows, essentially. I then did an interview with Neil Cavuto. We talked about the economy is more important. I then spoke to Sean Hannity, which everybody refuses to call Sean Hannity. I had numerous conversations with Sean Hannity at Fox and Sean Hannity said, and he called me the other day and I spoke to him about it. He said, you were totally against war because he was for the war. Why is and we, excuse me, better than And that was before the war started. Sean Hannity said very strongly to me and other people, he's willing to say, but nobody wants to call him. I was against the war. He said, you used to have fights with me because Sean was in favor of the war. And I understand that side also, not very much, because we should have never been there. But nobody calls Sean Hannity. And then they did an article in a major magazine shortly after the war started, I think in 04, but they did an article which had me totally against the war in Iraq. And one of your compatriots said, you know, whether it was before or right after, Trump was definitely, because if you read this article, there's no doubt. But if somebody, and I'll ask the press, if somebody would call up Sean Hannity, this was before the war started. He and I used to have arguments about the war. I said it's a terrible and a stupid thing. So eight times, I just counted. Eight times he mentions the pumpkin-headed Sean Hannity's name. If oh, This would all be cleared up if you would only call the guy who, against his contract with Fox News, did a commercial for Donald Trump to be put into one of his campaign ads. One of the reasons I'm supporting Donald Trump this year is, number one, he's gonna put originalists on the Supreme Court, people that believe in fidelity to the Constitution, separation of powers, co-equal branches of government. He's a guy that will vet refugees to keep Americans safe. And of course, he's gonna build that wall. He says he's gonna have Mexico pay for it. That's fine, as long as we secure the country. And of course, we don't want people competing for jobs. He said he will eliminate Obamacare, make us energy independent. And as somebody who's been a marksman since I'm 11 years old, protecting our Second Amendment rights are paramount to me. Very weird, this commercial. It, uh, it's all of it's pretty professionally done. And then there's this vertical video like Josh Feuerstein took it or something of, of Hannity sitting in front of a fireplace or standing in front of a fireplace talking. Just bizarre. No production value whatsoever. A marksman since he was 11? Since he, uh, I've been a, uh, I've been a marksman since I'm 11. <laughs> since I was 11. What, what is he? This weird New York speak that they, it's just <laughs> fucking weird. Yikes. Anyway, Hillary Clinton kind of got her the linchpin of her uh, getting under Trump's skin and set, setting him up for an attack with this whole thing about this Alicia Machado, the former U, uh, Miss Universe, the year that Donald Trump bought the Miss Universe pageant. This is how the exchange 
went down, much to Donald Trump's chagrin. This is a man who has called women pigs, slobs, and dogs. And one of the worst things he said was about a woman in a beauty contest. He loves beauty contests, supporting them and hanging around them. And he called this woman Miss Piggy. Then he called her Miss Housekeeping because she was Latina. Donald, she has a name. Where did you find her? Her name Where is did Alicia you Machado. Where did you find her? And this? she has become a U.S. citizen, and you can bet oh, really? she's going to vote okay. this November. Okay, good. Let me just tell you, Mr. Trump. This was a bummer for Donald Trump. He was taken by surprise by this. Taken, he was surprised. <laughs> Well, you can tell you can tell that he was because he is saying, where'd you find her? Like It's the only thing he can think to say. Right, right. And it's really a meaningless phrase in terms of what is being said. Well, it was a well orchestrated plan because not just hours after the debate, maybe even before uh, sooner than that, the Hillary Clinton campaign released a video, a commercial with a bunch of Donald Trump audio and video of him saying terrible shit. The Clinton campaign releasing this video showing how Trump took issue with Alicia Machado's weight after she won the pageant. She weighed 118 pounds or 117 pounds and she went up to 160 or 70. So this is somebody that likes to eat. On Tuesday, Trump defending what he said. He once described Machado as an eating machine and now as a troublemaker. She was the worst we ever had. The worst, the absolute worst. And, you know, she gained a massive amount of weight. And uh, it was it was a real problem. We had a we had a real problem. Not only that, her attitude, and we had a real problem with her. Apparently, they had a real problem with her. Well, the, Page. those comments that he just said right there—that was the morning after the debate on Fox and Friends, right? And it was a very awkward interview because. I mean, listen to what he's saying. She gained a massive amount of weight. It was a real problem. I mean, he just. Well, we've listen. We've we've posted a picture on the Facebook page. Of the, the time when he invited the media in to see her working out, in the photo, he's claiming she's 160 to 180 pounds, which is complete bullshit. She's, she might be, she might be 130 pounds in that photo. And that's a stretch. And also, it doesn't fucking matter, Donald Trump. Well, and like you said, the the ad from Hillary Clinton shows the media coming to watch her work out. She says she didn't know that media yeah. was going to be coming to watch her work out, that he did that to embarrass her and punish her. Some kind of sick, twisted motivation to get her to lose weight. Right. Well, the other thing is, is now the Donald Trump camp and his supporters are attacking her because apparently she allegedly uh, threatened some judge and she's, you know, maybe not the greatest person. None of that matters, though. All we're talking about is how Donald Trump treated her, the names that he called her, both uh, disparaging and racist. And that has nothing to do with if she's a piece of shit. It has nothing to do with if she threatened a judge and is kind of a loose cannon. None of that matters. It's only a distraction. So the other thing... This is another thing I posted on the Facebook wall. And thank you all. I love our audience because they, the f facts matter to our audience. 
evidence matters to our audience. And I shared a photo that was submitted to me by a listener. They've sent sent it to me. And it's of a Donald Trump tweet because uh, Hillary Clinton brought up that Donald Trump believes that global warmer, warming is a hoax um, started by the Chinese to lessen American business interest or something, <laughs> which he denied. Flat, flatly denied it. Quit acting like you're so confused by this idea. It makes uh, a lot of sense. I know. Very logical. So I was sent a picture of it looks like someone tried to retweet the tweet. And then there's the error message that comes up and says, this tweet's no longer available. It must have been retweet, uh, deleted. So you can't retweet it. So I shared that. So we, we got a lot of voicemails and a lot of emails from people saying, hey, that's not actually true. And thank you. I don't mind being told when I'm wrong. In fact, I posted the correction in the comments on the Facebook page. But when Kellyanne Conway, the chairman or or campaign manager, whichever title she has, of the Donald Trump campaign, when questioned on CNN about this, listen to, to this madness. Take clean energy. Some country is going to be the clean energy superpower of the 21st century. Donald thinks that climate change is a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese. I think it's real. Uh, I did I not. Science I not. is real. I do not say that. And I think it's I do important not say that. So does he think that climate change is a hoax or not a hoax or it's real? So I think that's based on a tweet. And, uh, right. I, I just love that, that this, this whole man, whether he's giving a, yeah, I guess so answer to Howard Stern about invading Iraq as a private citizen on an entertaining radio show or through a tweet, we're supposed to understand all of his policies. This woman proudly went and cast. Here's the thing that I fucking despise about the Trump camp. It's that just because he tweets something that is outrageous, it doesn't make it less outrageous that it was a tweet. And the look on her face in this clip, she's just like, oh, it's a tweet. Big deal. Who cares? You can't take that seriously. They're Donald Trump's words. He's saying very serious things. You, you can't discount it just because it's Twitter. Here, she pivots to, rather than talking about the global warming thing, the climate change position, she pivots to Hillary Clinton. To vote for the Iraq war in the well of the Senate, and she's been an interventionist But on climate change, career. on the issue of climate change, he's the one who sends out the tweets. I mean, he sends out what his thinking is on these policies. The he's the one using that. The concept of global warming was created and uh, by and for the Chinese in order to make the U.S. manufacturing non-competitive. I mean, these are his thoughts. Snowing in Texas and Louisiana, record-setting freezing temperatures throughout the country and beyond, global warming is an expensive hoax. Does he believe that global warming is a hoax? He believes that global warming is naturally occurring. Is, is what he is, said. What? Naturally? Naturally. That, that climate change is naturally occurring. He believes in climate change. In, that there are shifts naturally occurring. Oh, he doesn't believe it's man-made. Correct. So he believes that the idea that it's man-made is a hoax. I, no, I didn't say that. I mean, he said it. I'm actually repeating his tweet. So he believes that that part is a hoax. He believes that climate change is naturally occurring. I do not understand how Kellyanne Conway or any of these people, really, yeah. Kayla McEnany, how they can sit on a panel on CNN and continue to defend the indefensible with a straight face. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, the thing that bothers me. Is that they're, they're soulless automatons. They're just whatever it takes, how outrageous the lie, how remarkable the position they're defending, they continue to do so with a straight face.
it's similar to uh, Kellyanne Conway being on with Megyn Kelly and Megyn Kelly was asking her all these questions about his treatment of women and Kellyanne Conway is having to defend his treatment of women. Right. And it's just amazing the hoops that they jump through. It, watching the verbal gymnastics is maddening. Yeah, it really is. It's very frustrating. Well, she w- was also on MSNBC, and apparently Donald Trump made a snide comment or meant to be snide comment about Lester Holt saying, well, he's a Democrat. Well, that's just not the case. Lester Holt, the moderator of this debate, is actually a registered Republican. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Mark Halperin, the guy from the circus on Showtime. Yeah. Or Hulu. Was it a Showtime show? Yeah, it's Showtime. But we watch it on Hulu. Uh he asked Kellyanne Conway specifically about this. Now, this clip goes slightly longer than I would like it to, but I want this to be an example, one, for the audience, that this is what we should be striving for. This is what we should expect from our journalists to keep asking the question over and over and holding the person's feet to the fire, not allowing them to dodge and dart and evade by by pivoting to different topics. There's so many examples for both candidates of things they said. I know you think she doesn't tell the truth, but I'm asking about your candidate. One simple thing. He said Lester Holt was a Democrat. Lester Holt is a Republican. How, how, how could he say such a thing that just black and white, factually incorrect? I don't know that he knew what Lester Holt's voter registration but, but was. But he asserted, without knowing then, he asserted he was a Democrat. And, and so, and I said yesterday on This Week with George Stephanopoulos that I think uh, Lester Holt's a great selection for a moderator. But here, here's the thing. So, what we don't just, like is I, the following. What we don't like is the following. Okay, what we don't like is that, first of all, if you're going to tell me that the media are not overly populated with Democrats, that's just I'm asking you about a very specific thing. Well, you made but, a factual claim but imagine, in, in, about the moderator who deserves the right to be treated fairly, and it was just wrong. And oh. it's a metaphor for his frequently in public stating things with that no basis. Not, I think it's true. a terrible and irrelevant example to respectfully, and here's why. We were appalled at the treatment of NBC News' Matt Lauer after the Commander-in-Chief Forum. We thought, and we, I said it, Mr. Trump has said it many times, Matt Lauer did not deserve the treatment and the blowback that he received. We thought he did a great job. Matt Lauer didn't set up Hillary Clinton's private server you're in a not, closet. Matt, La- excuse me, Matt Lauer didn't vote you. for the war in Iraq. Not, he, he this was is a, like a filibuster. what I asked you. I'm asking you how someone who's running for president can assert on the eve of the debate that the moderator's a Democrat, which is factually incorrect. How can he do that? I think what Donald Trump was trying to convey is that the media are filled, writ large, the media are filled with Not people Not what he said, though. He said who, he's a Democrat. Should he have asked him his voter registration? We shouldn't have asserted. He, he didn't say, I don't know what he is, but I think he's biased. He said, he's a Democrat. The thing that concerns us is not the moderators themselves who have been selected by the commission because they will be seen as fair and even-handed. What bothers us, Mark, is the very uh, public and very coordinated attempt to game the refs. I mean, the idea that Jem Palmieri, Robbie Mook, and others, really smart people, I respect them as colleagues across the aisle, the idea that they are out there publicly telling the media, this is what you should be doing, this is what you should be doing. Do you, do you consider yourself an adjunct on the Clinton campaign? Because they sure the hell do. And it's irresponsible of them to be telling the media through Twitter, through the back of the plane comments last week, that here's your job. If you don't fact check Donald Trump, the bar is 
slower. Some of them even suggesting that the questions would be tougher on her because of sexism. Seriously, you've been Secretary of State, you've been First Lady, and again, you've been and a U.S. Again, senator. Not only, not only are they playing the refs during, they have now taken this to a whole new That's level. Right. They are already uh, suggesting she's going to lose the debate right. and telling people how they need to respond after the it's debate. terrible. I don't I'm understand what, the, what that has to do with Mark's question. Mark, well, well, no, no, if no, you're no, usher it, frustrated it about do, media nothing, coverage, you, we really it, are. We're look, not. We're, got, we're asking why he lied about Lester Holt. He didn't lie. He just said um, that he's... I think he did. Mika, a lie would mean that he knew the man's party registration. We're very, by the way, we're very comfortable. We had, each campaign had a right to object to certain moderators. So as president, would he no. say things that are false without knowing We need the to truth? get to John Heilman, I, and I'm not pushing I mean, this along, but we're running out yeah. of time. You've had about five yeah. minutes on this, <laughs> and go ahead, give me a quick answer, and then let's go to John Heilman. We can make the whole thing about this if we want uh, to do, What I would ask you all don't. to do is start looking at the Twitter feeds of, quote, objective reporters, particularly our embeds. Right. Still no answer. And by the way, it is a lie. If you say something is something, if you call a banana an orange, it's not not a lie just because you don't know whether it's really a banana. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't say definitively one way or the other because you don't fucking know. Yeah, if you don't know, then the truth would be that you you don't know. Right. So you withhold judgment. You, exactly. You withhold speaking. But I like how um, they said this is this is like a filibuster. Right. Because that brings attention to the fact that this is not a normal way that people communicate. I've asked you a question. You're not answering the question. You keep doing some weird thing we're trying to avoid what we're talking about it's like you always say if people did this in normal life you would think something's wrong with them cognitively you'd be like oh, are you are you okay what <laughs> right right <laughs> okay one more thing about the debate and that is the fact that donald trump was a sniffling mess the entire time so much so that it was immediately asked of him after the debate, and he denied sniffling and said, oh, it was a bad microphone. I just had a, I had a bad microphone. Well, listen to this little clip put together by Vice News, and you tell me whether you think it's a bad microphone or him just fucking sniff fest 89. <laughs> like he's suffocating when yes. they're all together it's like he's fighting for breath yeah bizarre and that's also that's on the facebook page too and it's very disturbing it, it is not pleasant well i loved the the clip when hillary clinton was on her her plane with the press and they said or, or she said after they had been asking her about this whole mic issue she said whoever complains about the mic obviously didn't have a great night yeah you're not having a good night yeah if you're complaining about the equipment <laughs> <laughs> well that's the other thing is that the hillary clinton campaign they're not messing around with getting these commercials pumped out and like we talked about last time using trump's own words here's one entitled my temperament 
I think my strongest asset, maybe by far, is my temperament. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. I would bomb the out of him. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? And you can tell them to go themselves. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. Get the hell out of here. Priorities USA Action is responsible for the content of this advertising. So I guess not necessarily the Hillary Clinton campaign, but Priorities USA, which is a, a, a pack. So soft money, 527. Great, though. Aggressive. Very aggressive. Very strategic. Very quick. I mean, they, they've got, they must have a 24-7 video editing team that's just churning out these awesome ads. Yeah. So that's kind of it for Donald Trump. That's kind of it for the episode. Oh, no. There's one more thing. Not about Donald Trump, though. This is, again, about Gary Johnson, the guy for whom I do still have some affinity. And just proving that he is not ready to be president of the United States in an episode he even referred to as an Aleppo moment. He was on with Chris Matthews, who is strategically peppering him rapid fire with the same question over and over and over to try to throw him off his game and not give him time to think. But still, when you're president, you got to be able to think on your feet, especially when asked a softball question like this. He was asked, what leader, world leader of a country he admires. And ah, it just didn't go well. Who's your favorite foreign leader? Who's my favorite? Any, just name anywhere in the country, any one of the continents, any country. Name one foreign leader that you respect and look up to. Anybody. Mine was Shimon Peres. No, no, okay, I'm talking about living. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to do this anywhere, any continent. Canada, Mexico, Europe, over there, Asia, South America, Africa, name a foreign leader that you respect. I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment in the former former president of Mexico. But I'm giving you the whole world. I know, I know. Anybody in the world you like. Anybody. Pick any leader. The former president of Mexico. Which one? I'm, I'm having a brain. I'm well, name brain anybody. Fox. Fox. Okay, who's your Thank favorite you. foreign leader? Get him off the hook. Name a foreign Fox. leader you respect. He was, he was terrific. Any foreign leader? Uh, Merkel. Okay, Merkel. Okay, fine. Save yourself. Can't argue with that. Anyway, let's go. That's a bummer, right? Yeah, I also don't like the term Aleppo moment. Um, he 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 made up. He made the term. I know, but <laughs> maybe don't call it that i don't know it just makes me uncomfortable given what aleppo is and what is oh you mean you think it's insensitive to the tragedy there yeah like oh i'm having an aleppo moment okay let's not make that a catchphrase well he anybody not wants it not to be a fucking catchphrase it's going to be gary johnson well why did he make it a catchphrase then maybe he's high maybe he's high you know he does enjoy the weed yeah (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, that's all we got. Taking care of biz. So you've probably seen this video. And along with seeing the video, you've probably seen many hateful comments. I know I have. But there was a little girl who gave a speech at a Charlotte City Council meeting. And her name is Ziana 
Oliphant. She gave a very emotional, impassioned speech, and it was pretty moving. I come here today to talk about how I feel, and I feel like that we are treated differently than other people, and I don't like how we're treated, and just because of our color doesn't mean anything to me. I believe that... You're doing great. You're doing, you're doing a great job. We are black people and we shouldn't have to feel like this. We shouldn't have to protest because y'all are treating us wrong. We do this because we need to and have rights. I always find it pretty moving when children have the the wherewithal to to stand in front of a group of adults completely under the watchful eye of many, many people and speak, especially when emotionally moved like she was, mm-hmm. especially when you have uh, adults on all sides of this issue, this police brutality, um, the disparity with which police shoot and kill unarmed black men and women in this country. Um, It's amazing to me that she could, while crying, still maintain enough to get the message across that she was trying to convey. Yeah. And that is why she's taking care of biz. And I won't go into a lot of the comments that I've been seeing because a lot of it is really like disgusting. Pretty terrible. But there's people that said that she was basically coached into saying this and... You know, she's like the next Oscar winning actress, apparently. Right. Because she there was no one with her. She wasn't reading this. She was just up there talking. Right. So, I mean, if she had memorized a monologue like some people are alleging, that's very impressive. I don't think that's what's going on. I think people who say that lack empathy and don't want to admit that children actually feel this way and actually feel fear when they see what's going on in the news. Right. Well, it's also that when you kill a Terrence Crutcher in Tulsa, a Philando Castile in Minnesota, you're not just killing that person and they're dead and it's over with. The effects of their murder, of their killing, if you will, reverberate through families, through communities. It's like throwing a rock into a still pond. 
the ripples move outward and they affect more than just the person who was killed themselves. As evidenced by this little girl's speech, her talk, her impassioned pleas to the Charlotte City Council. So good for her. Definitely taking care of biz. All right. Well, that's it. We didn't drop the phone number one time, so here I will. If you'd like to communicate with the show, if you'd like to fact check, although we really... (laughs) I enjoy more communicative voicemails and voice memos. You can call 657-464-7609. That is our phone number, at which you can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. You can also, of course, as always, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. If you're a PayPal or Patreon supporter, don't forget, we'd love to see you. Come hang out with us on the Google. I will email you a link, whatever whatever email I have through Patreon and PayPal. I'll email the links out. I don't know if there's a limit on how many people can join each one. Like I said, we'll have to cross that bridge when we when we come to it. But we would love to see you. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to answer your questions and just have a good old time. So wait for that. That's tomorrow and that's Saturday. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Well, listen, we came in with an internet and we came up with the internet. <laughs>